0: Absolutely ridiculous.
1: Oh! Oh, gracious, Hello, everyone. Welcome to Around the Court Squash Podcast with me as ever, Stuart, Crossford and Stuart Crawford and Christopher Sackley. And we're delighted to welcome on the show a little bit later Sarah Jane Perry, fresh off her victory at the Black Ball Open. How are you doing, fellas?
0: Doing well, doing well. Big guest today. Huge, yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyone that wins a major event like that's a big guest. <laughs> to, to get them two days after they've just won it is pretty special. What what a run, eh? Unbelievable. Yeah.
1: Like three massive wins. And I was about to throw out some mad stat, like when was the last time somebody outside the top four won a major event and it was only as recent as March. So um that goes out the window, but still
2: And it was quite similar to Hanya's run with having to beat some really high-ranked players above you. Uh, Hania, I think, had four players that she had to beat that were ranked above her, whereas Sarah Jane only had three. But still, I mean, technically, Joelle is ranked one spot below her, but still a big win. Um, And then also beating Kamei and Hania in the the quarters in the final, respectively, huge.
1: And I know we talked earlier in the week about the quality of her game, and we also mentioned her... Her mentality, like, I mean, to come two of down against Hanya in the form that she's been in has got to be one of the most impressive feats since we returned from lockdown.
2: Glad you mentioned that one, Arthur. Oh, some, here we go. Been doing some resets. At the time, I was like, because Hanya's obviously known for her physicality and she's such a strong athlete. And you saw the match that she played earlier in the tournament against Naila, just even although is one of the fittest players, Hanya just sort of dominated the fifth game. I'm not saying it was entirely physical, but it's, it's hard to imagine people being able to reach a fifth game with Hanya and still be stronger than her. So I, I did some research to see if she's ever lost from two love up before. And it has actually happened once when she was 15 years old um, and she played a PSA tournament in India and lost to Habiba Muhammad, who, um who is now at Columbia with Chris and that is
1: how we are all connected
2: <laughs> that that
0: yeah. sounds really that sounds really young but what she's she's only 20 so it was five years ago <laughs> yeah exactly another it's a pretty good stat um the clutch stat we'll call that one
2: <laughs> it also just highlights just what a great achievement it was from uh sarah jane to to not only win the tournament but to to get back and she made it a bit of a theme. I mean, she was a game down against Camille when she lost the first 11-1 and then came back. And then um, she lost the first game against Joel as well, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Correct. So obviously, and I think it ties into what we spoke about with her personality and the way she's able to just accept things and get on with it. And she's not too caught up in the score. She's just more interested in performing at her best and, figuring out what she needs to do to turn things around.
1: Saved a couple of match balls as well.
2: Yeah. Um. So, yeah, let's get her on. Hey, the champ. Hey, the Jeff <laughs>
3: is here. Hello, everyone. How are we all doing?
0: Doing Very well.
3: We're How good. Yeah, yep, good, thank you. A little bit tired, but, uh, you know, pretty pretty happy. So that's all good.
2: If you made it back to England then.
3: Uh, yeah, I came back uh, yesterday. I got about three hours, three hours sleep after the final. Before I then had to get up and go to the airport.
2: Oh, lovely. I assumed you didn't have a Christmas tree in your hotel room in Egypt.
3: <laughs> no, they were. It was the hotel was very. It's very nice, but there wasn't uh, individual Christmas trees
2: <laughs> in each room.
1: Were you singing Chris Ray's song in your head when you were on the plane, like driving home for Christmas? <laughs> uh, no, home i home could- from.
3: Thankfully, I just had a few. I've had a whole row of seats, so I was uh, just trying to get a little bit more sleep.
1: Oh, <laughs> lovely. Well, firstly, sir, like amazing, well done, like unbelievable achievement, like three massive wins back to back to back, uh, and you obviously had a really tricky first round. Talk us through. I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know where to start.
3: No, <laughs> it, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't any. It wasn't an easy run or anything like that. So I think um, there was there was plenty of. Um I guess moments during the week and things that happened and i don't think um uh i don't think well to start with it, i don't think i don't think many people um had had me down as one of the favorites for the tournament, but I think that's fair enough as well <laughs> um you know it's like i said before like it's been said it, you know it's the biggest tournament that i've won so but i've i've kind of had it in my head that i no, i just needed everything to click and i really believed, you know and rob um i my coach that i could win one of these tournaments so it's actually just amazing for it to just actually happen and i think a few times this week i just when i was talking to my sports psychologist and stuff between between some of the matches and it was just about just just going and doing just going and doing it really um yeah. <laughs> but, uh, not overthinking or anything like that and I actually thought I didn't play I didn't play too badly in the first in the first round against Emily. She played well and um I think when I was too old, I think afterwards Rob said, Well actually you could have been four love up, not two all so <laughs> and if you'd come off I come off at in three love, you'd think, right, that's you know, that's solid performance. Actually I wasn't that far away from that. Um I just had a couple of lapses at of concentration at the end of the second and the fourth but didn't really um I you know I know I know that I do that sometimes so I don't try I've got a bit better at not beating myself up about um making an error or just a little lapse and things like that because it's gone you just got to try and move on um so obviously I was pleased you know in the fifth it can sort of go anyone's way bit of luck um, for someone and it can swing the whole, swing the whole match really. Um, But yeah, so then I was, and I think just really pleased with physically how I held up through the, through the matches. And um, I think I was down as kind of a a skillful player to most people, Um, but I've really been trying to work on the sort of physical side and, I think that really paid dividend this week with how I was able to back up um after, you know, uh, even though the match say against Camille wasn't that long, it was, you know, nice a really nice high pace, and then um be strong at the end against Joel, which was really important, and then have have enough in the tank to uh complete the complete the comeback in the final and just also just believe I had enough in the tank as well um i think at any point in the in that final even at two of dan was thinking i'm too tired to come back or i've not got this in i've not got this in me so i think that was that was a real real positive for me um which i was really pleased about and obviously the the final itself um you know i was frustrated myself for some poor errors in the second which cost me that and there is a huge difference between uh being one all and being two love down, but even though, even though I didn't win that second, I sort of knew I was back in with a bit of a shout and just kept kept plugging away and plugging away and um, just managed to turn a few little uh, deficits around and sneak sneak the last three games really and. Uh, I th- <sighs> I think um is definitely gonna be up there for some years to come. So I'm sure we'll have some have some more battles. But I was, you know, ecstatic to kind of to sneak this one.
1: <laughs> it's amazing. Stuart just uh turned out just before he came on a really good stat. And then the only time that uh Hania had lost a match from two up was five years ago as a fifteen year old.
3: Oh wow. Um I think um actually I was I was, I was two love down in Manchester Open to Holly Norton as well. So actually, I think before that, I hadn't, I hadn't won from two love down for quite a while. So maybe actually that one there helped me with this one <laughs> a, little, a little bit. I've got a more recent, a more recent memory of, um, of, that, of being able to overturn that deficit. But no, I mean, I, I think I'd, I'd only played Hania twice, twice previously. So we haven't got too much of a, um, a long history. Um, so I think it was, you know, it was quite important for me to put down a bit of a, even if I didn't win, put down a bit of a marker that I'm always going to be fighting and you're going to actually have to, to wrestle the win off me. I'm not just going to kind of give it you.
2: I think the thing that stuck out and really impressed me throughout the week was just how how calm you, you seemed to be. And you had quite an up and down week in terms of you played some brilliant squash, but you also would be the first to admit that you didn't play your best at And I think the the match against Camille just summed it up perfectly, where you managed to, I think you were 10 love down in the first, managed to avoid the bagel, 11-1, but you were still able to regroup and not be put off by that and just sort of stick to your process and figure out how to come back and win that match. I thought that was a real testament to your mental strength. Uh,
3: Thank you. I think the the way I went on wanting to play in that match um, just clearly from the first game wasn't, wasn't working. Um, I don't think it was, um, yeah, I don't think it was in in hindsight the right way for that court on that day with that ball. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I think one of my, my, one of my strengths has always been sort of problem solving, um, throughout the match. And it's been a bit different since the, um, return to tour after after the COVID um, break because we don't have any coaching either from our actual coaches if they were able to travel with us um, or other players, you yeah, know, that's not allowed either. So I kind of think I taught myself a lot in my head and out, outwardly too, but I'm I'm always looking for that way to solve a problem if I'm not um d- you know, getting the outcome that I want from from my tactics or whatever. And I think, although obviously you can say that took a little a little while in that match, but actually I think after that first game I said a few things, I had a bit of you know, I had a word with myself and it was all it was all actually pretty positive. I um it doesn't matter, yeah if you won love down, it doesn't matter whether you lost at eleven love or sixteen, fourteen, you still lost the game. So it doesn't really matter how you lost it. Um and actually I actually said to myself as well, if you're gonna if you're gonna lose a game against someone so physical as Camille as well, you would actually go, Well, I'd rather lose it in five minutes, having uh, basically just fed her the ball and not really run too much and not taking anything out of the tank. Um and also I think it, because I played because what I was trying to do just wasn't working at all and she was just all over all over it, it's I don't think she really actually got much um she wouldn't have really got much into the match from that from that first game either so i just felt like it needed completely turning on its head and i knew i had to just start hitting corners and start actually getting myself going uh physically and mentally more um and some days that doesn't pay off or that tactics not right either um but i was just really pleased particularly that match how i managed to problem solve that situation Find what was the next, you know, pa- tactic, plan, potential solution, um, and then when I did get that going, just actually, just really focused and stayed on that throughout the match, and was just yeah, you know, I was really pleased with that, and just my focus from that point onwards was was spot on.
1: Some of your um, post-match comments or interviews and were really interesting, and in particular the one after. Emily Whitlock, you mentioned Noor Al Tayeb and her announcement, and that you sort of realised that there was a lot in the game that you really wanted to achieve. I mean, you did one of those things, but I, I, how did that inspire you?
3: Yeah, I think um, yeah, you know, I've played Noor quite a few times over the years, and um, well, you know, gen- generally she's got the the better of me pretty much every time. So um, she's she's a player that I had. Massive, yeah, respect for and the way she plays um, squash is is her own way, and that's uh, that's that's how I like to play as well, my own way. So I kind of resonate with her a bit on that front. But I think from her sort of interview last week, you know, she said one of the things that she felt was actually a kind of um, I get yes a bit of a sadness that necessarily not having the opportunity potentially to win a world championship now or get to world number one. And that actually, you know, hit me. I go, those, you know, those are things that I want to do. And rather than going, Oh, here's a plan for how we can get there in three years or by just by the end of my career, going, Well actually I know I can beat anyone on my day. So all I've got to do is keep putting it together and actually just go and do it. Um and I think there was a lot in that match with Emily where I could have um, I could have got down on myself because I was playing some poor squash I could have um got a bit sulky because I had some bad luck go against me on several just like bounces of balls or just you know she was just getting them up they were going you know half a millimeter above the tin a lot of the time and things like that and actually just choosing to just stay positive and actually just. Go and just be on a mission to just go and do it. I think was, um, and it was a bit of a over, overarching theme for the week actually. but that was kind of where it where it started, and um, yeah, I think sometimes sometimes the player interviews after the matches um, were a little bit. We can be a little bit robotic and just go, "Oh yeah, I played all right. My opponent played well, and yeah, you know, looking forward to my next match." And I think. There's a lot more to squash than that and I think it'll be yeah, you know, I hope it's kind of quite interesting for the for the squash fan to actually maybe get a little a little bit more insight without giving obviously everything away, um, but just about the actual I guess the personality and the different um approaches and mindsets of, of the top players, because whilst everyone's vying for those positions and really competitive i think there's very different approaches as well which would be uh interesting to, to to see
2: yeah we're certainly aware of that on the podcast and we're doing everything we can to stay clear of those individuals that are just going to give us the, the bog standard <laughs> robotic answers which <laughs> which is one of the reasons why we've obviously had you featured in um the egyptian open was it where you yeah yeah the and one of the reasons for that was because we did feel that you were someone that can give a, not necessarily a unique perspective, because I think everyone has a unique perspective in their own way, but you seem like someone who's willing to be quite open and honest and it's like, I'm not going to say what I think I should say, I'm just going to tell it like it is. And um, I think that's one of the things that we, we appreciate with all the players that are willing to be that o- open and honest
3: yeah i think it makes well i think a it just actually reinforces what i believe and what i'm doing myself but also i think it just makes it more interesting and uh, i think i get get a certain amount of um, confidence in doing that from uh, from my coach rob owen who is also himself not not known not known for um the uh yeah keep keeping his mouth punches. most of the time <laughs> <laughs> but he you know he's always he's always very honest and upfront. and um I think actually that's a quality that I really one of the qualities that I really admire most in him and uh so I've you know taken to to trying to trying to bring that into my own kind of uh outward outward persona as much as possible as well as inwards. So I'm actually very honest with myself as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you mentioned Rob there. So you've obviously, it's the end of the year. It's been, a, it's been a strange one, to say the least. But you've hit a massive goal. Where do you and your coach, how do you reflect on the week that's just gone by? And how do you plan ahead for what's to come in uh, 21?
3: I had, to, yeah, I've spoken to Rob a few times, actually, since the match. And obviously the first one is just, you know, how pleased we are and um and just really how great it is that all the the things we've been trying to do and work on and whilst acknowledging that I didn't actually play my best squash whilst that you know I didn't play my best squash but we still managed to win a tournament with everyone there which is the you know the first one um I've won some slightly smaller tournaments I think um a 70k and things but there was although I had great caliber of opponents um I played four top 15 players to win to win that the the five matches is a bit different as well five matches in five days as well and just like I said again a tournament with everyone there um so I just really pleased with that and I think just sort of saying to myself um well from Rob as well just how if you know if I can win this type of tournament then there's no reason why I can't you know real startly really start challenging for the platinum events all the time and even you know world championships as well so I think those that's kind of the 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 direction that we want to head in um as for planning for 2021 I think that's a tough one straight away um I'll have a little little bit of a um a rest over the next couple of weeks um not uh, not complete rest my body isn't like that either but a bit of a, a bit of a lighter sort of couple of weeks and then start trying to work on um, the kind of just keep improving the physicality particularly but there's a few more things we want to work on um technically and tactically on court as well i think it's hard to it's hard to plan for actual like a run of tournaments or anything because because of covid there's all the restrictions around the world and all the logistical nightmares and everything like that it you know tournaments may come on, but they will come on at quite late notice. You almost need to um, not put yourself into too much of a, a physical hole because it might be right in three weeks you need to you need to be back in Egypt or wherever to play another tournament and you you've got to be uh, fresh, fresh but fit for that, so I think it's a slightly different um challenge mentally and physically for that, not quite knowing when the next event is. But um yeah, I think it's it's really nice to kind of have such positive um yeah, be be on such a positive high. And I think that'll that'll serve as some great um it'll push me on and spur me on for the next for the next block of training, that's for sure.
2: Yeah. I was I was just gonna ask, is it is it in some ways even more satisfying that you maybe didn't play your best? Because I think everyone's probably known that you were a major threat and you've beaten people like Shabini and Reneem when she was at the top of her game. Um, so you've always been there or thereabouts. Uh, and I'm sure you probably thought, well, if I can just put it all together, I know I can win one of these tournaments. But is it almost more satisfying to do it when you maybe didn't play your best and know that there's still even more in there?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. I- you know, I've, like you said, I've been saying to myself for the last few years. I've had those results against, you know, Raneem particularly, and Shabini, and um, all those top players, but not managed to put together the big, the big runs right through to the. You know, I got to the Bishopen final a few years ago, which was fantastic. But since then, I've not got one. You know, I've had plenty of semi-finals, and then just seemed to fall a little, be a bit flat, or anything for those. So, I think we've kind of found a bit of a groove with the physical side and we'll keep working on that. And that's great. But I think it was really nice this week to have that almost to fall back on. Um, not the, you know, not the best squash of her play, like I said, but to the confidence I can take and the kind of, I think the message it sort of sends as well to um, particularly beat someone like Hania that is applauded constantly for her physicality and how hard she makes the game for whoever she steps on court with um i think at, um, and that being a like i said a fifth match in five days is you know the the, the positives i can take from that are, are massive um and from two love down as well don't forget yeah from two <laughs> love from two love down as well um the, the first person in five years or whatever um so you know those those are the kind of things and i think that's real testament as well to the work i've put in on the mental side because i think at heart i'm sort of a bit of a perfectionist so to accept the fact that um i'm not you know if you've hit a tin not berating myself and actually keeping my self talk much more positive and and everything like that so um yeah that's something i've worked for a long time with a sports psychologist on and um that's something that, you know, it's not, it doesn't come naturally to me. Uh, but I th- something I thought I did really, like you said, did really well this week, kept it positive. And even even when you're not playing your best and you win matches, those are actually a lot of the time the ones you're most proud of. Anyone can win when you're playing. You know, you're at, you have that one, two days a year where you are you're striking the ball, putting it exactly where you want. Everything goes to plan etc but the rest of the time it's not going to be like that so you have to learn you know I think learning to win um, matches and now tournaments when you're playing like that I think is um, something that hopefully is going to help me progress up the rankings where I want to be
0: yeah I was just curious um, you know 23 games in five days as we've been saying uh, obviously you said you know your physical preparation has been a little bit different and you find you're hitting a stride there anything change in like the way you try and recover day to day over the last couple of years, like kind of finding a groove there too, or?
3: Um, I think a bit of, a bit of everything on that side, really. I think I've been working on the sort of base fitness and endurance side for the last couple of years, particularly, um, and particularly over the start of the, the lockdown period where we weren't sure when we kind of come back, we saw that as a really good time to build that um but then we had to kind of really hone in on the i'm, I'm never going to be the most natural move around the core and my kind of strength in extended positions and things like that is something we've constantly had to work at so i think it's finding the balance between the two um but also i think um I recently started working with a different new a new nutritionist really focusing on the actual performance side, which, um, not necessarily, although, you know, you think, I think I thought I know enough. Um, it's kind of really opened my eyes and that's actually been really great for my recovery during the tournament this week. Um, I kind of had to just go with it and, and trust him and, just do what he said. Uh, but then feedback each day and see how we wanted to change it. Um, but I think the, uh, it, you know, it's, it's completely different to how I would normally approach my nutrition at a tournament in a way, some of it. So, um, I was wait, I was actually waiting for for Joey to come to breakfast and see me eating my pancakes every day. But he never actually came to breakfast because <laughs> uh, I was waiting for it because he would have picked on that one. But that's you know that again like that's what I was being advised to eat. And obviously, you know, I managed, like you said, twenty three games in five days, and actually wasn't um, completely completely knackered at the end of the matches. So. I'm really pleased with how that strategy's worked out and I think it's just every just just trying to take every different element the nutrition the physical side like you said the recovery nutrition side all of it and just nail as many of them as I can as possible um and then try and get on court and let let the squash uh let the squash out. <laughs>
1: I thought you were about to say twenty-three pancakes.
3: <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely ate more than twenty-three over the over the five over the five days. I think it might, I think I might have had. I think it was six each day. I think I might have had thirty. Oh, I <laughs> yeah. ate twelve
1: yesterday. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I would like to see how many Mohammed El Shabagi would probably eat eat thirty in one go. I think so. Uh, Ooh, that's he's, impressive. He's, Pizza's he yeah, he's a bit of a beast when it comes to the food as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> how, are the,
0: um, how are the whoop scores, Arthur and I? Arthur and I are both whooping too. Oh, oh.
3: Um, I, I've learned over the last couple of years that I don't generally get good scores at tournaments, no matter yeah. what. And it, actually, the higher it is, the worse I tend to play. So um, I was in, I was definitely in the yellow all week, um, and bad. I think. On finals day I think I was about thirty five thirty five percent. Um so that wasn't that wasn't great, but it it like I felt I actually felt fine. So it doesn't doesn't matter. And then get enough carbs in you and you're good to go.
0: <laughs> awesome. I think I was four on Sunday, but I wasn't in a tournament on, on the weekend.
2: He <laughs> <laughs> was at a wedding on Saturday, was it? Um I was just thinking not specifically about you, but I think it certainly applies is that um, there's a lot of players on tour that travel with the team and they're used to having a coach with them between games and I could be wrong here, but I don't think Rob really travels with you to tournaments very often. And like you said earlier, you are a problem solver and you're pretty used to having to figure things out on your own. You think that is something that benefits you at the moment that everyone's in that boat?
3: Yeah, he, d- he hasn't come to many of the, many of the tournaments. Um, if I'm playing, say, in Manchester or the British Open or something like that, then he would uh, try and come. But even then, he's um, super busy, so he can't always, can't always make it. But he's always kind of coached me and, and my previous coaches, to be fair as well, um, to be as self-sufficient as possible and to be able to, to change things myself. Um, because a lot of the time, as well, I think it's underestimated how much needs changing during a game, especially when you're playing um, someone like Shabini or something who she can play, she can play fast for a few rallies, and then she can just start going deep again. And you have to you have to be able to adapt in one or two rallies, or all of a sudden you can have lost the game. You don't want it to be waiting till the end of a game till you sort of change things anyway. So. Um Rob's really drilled that importance of seeing the seeing certain patterns and noticing when it's important to make those changes um even during the game. So um you know, I know there's a there's a a few different plan A, B, C, D, etc. that uh, if you know if plan A is not working then just plenty of other other things I can try. And um although we've got you know the ideal way of me playing squash i think um there's 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 plenty of other other ways to go about it as well and um that's where I kind of think the the analogy of chess on legs for squash is quite good, although I've never actually really taken to chess myself um i rob rob plays quite a bit and it's a very you know, it's a very tactical game and i was I was just talking to him earlier actually about how. Um, important it is to realize it's a it is a game as well as just being a a physical exercise um, and how much how much that kind of plays into it so I'm always trying to um, recognize that and see how the game is going and how where it leads to what I can do to get more control of the game etc so I think uh, I try and try and use the mental side just as much as the kind of physical and technical sides a lot of the time
1: It's amazing that you're just fresh off the plane and you're already sort of thinking and looking and analysing at what just happened. And sorry, that's
3: all. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'll be I'll be watching the men's this week, and uh, I'll be texting Rob. Oh, have you seen this? Like this will be. did you notice this this person this person could uh do with doing this why are they doing that <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. that's most of our conversation anyway Eddie, Eddie, you know we're always especially watching watching batches that have no re- obviously they met you know i enjoy watching the squash but um uh, you know even that have no relevance to me i still enjoy watching and looking for the how someone tactically or technically or whatever has an advantage and seeing if uh if i can use that at all <laughs>
1: Student of the game, Sarah. Student yeah. of the
3: game. Exactly. A forever, forever student of the game.
0: Yeah. Do you, Do you want to make a finals prediction? That's what we have to do after After this.
3: Um. What? Who's Who's? So we've got. Um. I can't remember the draw now. Um. I'm trying to. Think. So no, we
2: have
0: no uh, Shabaggies. Sure baggies. Yeah, no sure baggies. Yeah. We've. Uh, Paul, Paul, Colin, Assal. So um, T-
3: Tarek, Tarek and Gawad are in the bottom half, aren't they? And then we've got Paul and Ali are the top season, top half. Um, yeah. I think I thought, I thought, you know, obviously slightly biased as a, as a Rob's uh, pupil, but I thought Paul looked very good last night against um, Victor. I think, I think he'll have learned his lessons from playing Assal last time. Um I was actually very impressed with Mahesh against Assal yesterday. Um he plays for our team in PSL and yeah, I know he's 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 had some good wins in that. I think he beat James in PSL a couple of years ago, a year or so ago, so um and he's been off the tour for a year, so he was he was um flying. Fly um shame shame he couldn't hold it um together for the fifth. But I think Paul will have learnt his lessons with that playing Assal. Um and I don't think the refs will be having any funny business, so uh, <laughs> I think we will see. I think we will see a, a Farag Cole semi-final um, in this top half. Um, I think the bottom half, the bottom half, might be a bit more open. But I think I think whoever comes out that top half might be the uh, the eventual winner, uh, Ali it. or Paul, if if they don't um, kill each other in the in the semi-final.
2: I'm just impressed that you've played five straight days. Um, you're obviously pretty tired. <laughs> you've gone back and the first thing you've done is you've turned on Squash TV and started watching it. So
1: And <laughs> call on the coach, look what he's doing. Can we do this?
3: <laughs> I did have did have the champagne out as well. So it's Oh bad. lovely. <laughs> nice, nice.
2: nice. Finally to wrap up, do you, do you have any sense of what your next tournament is gonna to be? Because obviously you wanna sort of carry this momentum and build on it and I'm sure you want to win another tournament as quick as possible, but do you know when that might be or your schedule um,
3: might look like? No, we don't know at the moment when that is um likely to be. I think the I think the British Nationals is looking quite likely for, for February, which should be great. Um and there's obviously some some quality players that would be in that. So I think that would that would be possibly possibly the next one. Um and you know I'd love to love to add to my my tally of national titles as well catch up with I think Alison's on four um so that would be nice to uh to challenge to challenge that
2: Des, Desney was our last podcast guest so I'm sure she'll be out for that as well
3: oh yeah we'll all be we'll all be gunning for that well I did uh I was a bit disgruntled somewhere I think Parky Parky called her current national champion and and he also robbed me of a, the same match. He also robbed me of a um, Commonwealth medal. So I wasn't I was <laughs> very happy with him in that match. I think it was uh, in Manchester actually when I was when I was playing when I was playing Tesney.
1: <laughs> he probably Sorry. thinks it's still 2019, so I wouldn't take it too too rough. <laughs> so,
3: yeah, that, that is that is true. Yeah, I didn't play last year. Tesney won that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, you've been unbelievable with your time. Thanks, William, for you know, coming on to speak to us. A massive congratulations again. And, uh, yeah, happy holidays.
3: (laughs) Thanks a lot, guys. And, uh, yeah, I hope we get some uh, as good matches in the men's this week.
1: The bar's high. It's tough. It might not happen, to be fair.
0: (laughs) I don't know if anyone's taken (laughs) taken your your 23 games uh, going to compete with that.
2: Yeah, that's going to be tough. And remember, six
0: pancakes a day.
2: Not only this, (laughs) but... um, between matches so I know this for a fact because you were on a call with my girlfriend last week in the middle of the tournament um so she works for the Birmingham Commonwealth Games Organising Committee oh
3: really <laughs> And
2: you you were on a call with her last Wednesday uh her name's Claire Birchmore I don't know if you know her
3: yeah, yeah 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 no, I, Claire yeah
2: <laughs> um so she was in I was watching the squash in this room where I am now and she's literally in the room next door on a call with you and I'm like she was playing like two hours ago what's going on here
3: <laughs> yeah I was I was on a call just a few hours after that uh do do my uh do my bit for the uh for the off-court stuff as well <laughs> I,
2: think, I think it was after your was it your second Matt?
3: yeah I think yeah. it was after I played after I played after Josh, Josh, yeah. Josh, now, yeah yeah because
2: yeah. she asked me like did, did Siri game play this morning I was like yeah she won I was like should I mention it I was like can if you want but I'm I'm sure she'll be impressed but she said there wasn't an opportunity
3: no oh that's cool oh thanks very much guys it's been great to be on and hopefully I'll uh, have reason to come back on again in a few months when we've got some tournaments
0: anytime thank you it sounds
2: like you watch so much squash you're welcome to come on and just discuss squash in general (laughs) Anytime.
3: (laughs) thanks awesome
1: see ya cheers thanks again
3: Thanks a lot. Thanks, cheers. Okay, bye. Have a
1: good one. Sarah Jane Perry, everyone. What a legend. Straight on to Squash TV. Yeah.
2: yeah. So does that mean she done her job for us? Do we need to talk about the man or has she covered it?
0: We might have to talk about the bottom half. She doesn't have any faith in him.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. So Galtier this morning, three love. Uh, against Greg and Maybe it was Johnny Williams a little bit harsh, just to mention that that could have been possibly the worst performance that he's seen
2: since the lockdown. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'll not say much, but I didn't think it was that harsh.
1: I wasn't watching too fully. I was feeding Nola. So I was kind of in between, like Nola was having a pancake. I was having a cup of coffee. Squash was on in the background, so I can't really comment on it, but I just heard that.
2: I mean, I think the big theme of the day so far has been... Um, the sort of established players go to obviously but then also James Wilstrop playing Yusuf Ibrahim who's been flying took out Mohamed El-Shabagi in the last tournament Um, and I think a lot of people probably expected him to um, to have a little bit too much for James but he wasn't even close I mean I actually had a sense that his game wouldn't suit James because he plays very open and if James is moving well still he can sort of tidy things up and uh, he would get a lot of openings. Yeah, uh, I think the, the people that have had success against James recently are the ones that have sort of stretched the court out and made a move and made it a physical battle. And although Yusuf plays at a fast pace, he play, he does play very open and he doesn't necessarily hit his targets all the time in the back of the court, which was kind of what happened. It just fed into James. He was patient. And then when he got his opening, whether through a loose ball or just bad shot selection, he just sort of picked him off perfectly.
1: It's interesting, you know, for Yusuf just to see his performances last week or sorry, whenever it was last month at the Egyptian Open with Mohammed. I know James is a different type of player, but even so, like I had him down for the win to be honest. I was right. Yeah
0: Yusuf you, down for the win.
1: I did. Yeah.
0: See I didn't. I didn't I, either but but not because I didn't think he could, just because uh just because of like, kind of what we're saying, you know, you it can be hard to, I don't know. I think it can be hard to back up like a massive performance like he had uh, when you're young and maybe not quite as experienced. And um, yeah, I mean, you're coming up against the, the most experienced guy on the tour, really. So,
1: yeah, class player as well. I mean,
0: it was a guess. Uh, we guessed right, Stuart. You had your reasons. I just threw I, a guess out there.
2: Mine didn't feel like a guess. Mine felt like an informed opinion. Yeah, um, and just Another sort of older guard player who didn't get a win but certainly made life difficult was Borja Golan against Joel Macon. Um, I think he was 10-4 up in the first and Joe came back to 10-all but then Borja still managed to close it out and then although Joe started to get on top and eventually won 3-1 it certainly was never made easy by Borja so... Uh, it is interesting to see those guys still able to compete at that level and uh, make life difficult for those guys.
1: Yeah, uh, legend. He's another warrior. He just loves it. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh Ferez and Baptiste Musuti. That was a ding dong, uh, three tiebreakers, which
0: I would would love to see extended to a fourth. I didn't see any of that. So tough way to go down. Got f- Yeah. The Old triple tiebreaker. We got Just, that. We got that Diego Goche matchup that we were supposed to see in Manchester. I think when they when they had to end up canceling their trip. No,
2: then, I thought it
0: was, I think it was Egypt. Was it?
1: No, Manchester. You're right. I think first it was ornament. the first.
0: Yeah. Event, yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the other big one that everyone's waiting for is the the Call rematch. Any other big ones you guys are looking forward to in the second round?
1: Joel Macon and James Willstrop actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's two and oh well, the last two outings, Willstrop came out on top, possibly against the odds. I mean according to seeding anyways. So it'll be an interesting test for Joel. And if James is moving well, which obviously clearly is after a first round match demonstration. It's gonna be a great match.
2: Yeah. Um, just on yesterday's matches, uh, there weren't any I mean, the Mustafa asal Mahesh match was quite interesting, although um, I'm not going to get into my opinions on Asal, although I have come up with a new nickname for him. I know he's if <laughs> the guys in commentary call him the Raging Bull. I'm going to call him the Cheetah, and people can <laughs> decide for themselves whether it's because of his fast movement and leopard-like reflexes or because he's just a cheat. Because quite frankly, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday he was a cheat, I think, um, the more I see him, the more I think that there's a danger that he sets the the sport back twenty years to to when blocking and fishing and all that sort of nonsense was sort of just an accepted part of the sport. Um, I mean, he he claimed that he was bleeding at one point and walked off court, and when Derek Ryan came along to look at it, it was like was nothing there. So. Um, that, to me, is just lying and cheating about an injury. Uh, he drilled his opponent both with the ball when he tried to hit a reverse post at one point and also hit him in the follow-through with the racket. Um, and, yeah, it's just... Yeah, I I really hope Paul gets revenge tomorrow. That's all I'll say.
1: I think he will, boss. Uh, it is it is a bit worrying. And the referees have a have a role to play here, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, the frustrating thing I think is just that he's so damn good. I mean, his his athleticism. Some of the, there was one rally where they actually had to check three, maybe even four pickups on the replay because Mahesh was just like one of those balls must have been down, and all three of them were clearly good. And you just just think you, you can obviously move well. You can you can. Clear, you can get around your opponent you can do all the things that we expect to see from someone of your ability but he chooses not to a lot of the time the one that really bugs me is in and out of the deep backhand corner he just constantly nudges his opponent as they're going through and just it's just this little subtle hip check that isn't that bad It's kind of falls into the category of minimal interference and a lot of the time if they stop the ref's like well it wasn't enough to get a let but they're just constantly getting knocked off balance and their shot can potentially suffer as a result. And I think he knows what he's doing. And I I think someone needs to come along and clear that up and just say, look, if you nudge your opponent when he's going to the ball, I'm stroking against you because you haven't cleared your shot properly.
1: I think he, yeah. I mean, he's young, but I I think he is going to learn at some point. I mean, he's either going to get punished or he's going to be in the limelight enough. Like, it's great that he's expressed himself, but it's not great that he's doing these kind of things, like the, the cheat, as you sort of call the cheating, the lying. That's stuff that, and it will, I think.
2: I really hope so, because there's no doubt that he is, if not the future of the game, he's certainly one of the players that's going to be the future of the next sort of 10 years. Um, yeah, there's a lot of what he
1: does is, is exciting and is very easy on yeah. the eye. I
2: mean, he's so explosive and dynamic and he's, I mean, he as well as the raw power, he also has really good touch. And he, yeah, I mean, he's going to be one of the best players in the next, well, not just the next short while, but long while. Um, but I just, I would like to see him play a cleaner style of squash, which I'm I'm sure he's capable of, because we saw it against Ali Farag when he played in the semifinals after he'd taken out Paul in that match uh, in Egypt. So it's obvious that it's there.
0: I think he's done this in early rounds as well. Like, you know, at, it's kind of obviously like a win at all costs type of thing. And it gets, it gets pretty ugly. Um, and then I think, I think once maybe more eyes are on, on the match and um, he, he kind of figures it out. So like we, like you're saying, he definitely knows how to, how to avoid that stuff when he wants to. And I think it's different, right? Like he plays Ali Farag;
1: he's not the favorite. And he's looking up to this guy. And then he plays Mahesh. Probably didn't expect, I know he said in his post-match interview, he didn't expect that type of a match. And so the guy comes at him because there's no pressure on him. And he's everyone's expecting Assal to go through because everyone's... And I know a young fella, I'm <laughs> sure he's probably already looking ahead of Paul Cole. Maybe for him there's a lesson to be learned there that you can't, you can't get too ahead of yourself. But also at the same time, like when, there's a, when the pressure is on in that situation, that's when it's a win at all costs more so than it would be against an Ali Fraga or a more established player, perhaps. Yeah.
2: Um, but like I say, I, I hope we get a, a good, clean fight tomorrow against Paul. I hope that... Oh, fight! Hey, <laughs> uh, <laughs> good, clean <key> fight! <laughs> um, I hope the referee uh, doesn't lose control of the match. Um, I have to say that when they played last time, I, I thought the referee did a really good job. So I hope that, that certainly wasn't the reason why saw one and um, so I'm not not suggesting that for a second, but like I say, I I, j- I just would like to see him play at his best in the right spirit. Um, and I know he's young, but I think you saw perfectly last week that Hanya is also extremely young and probably falls into the same category of up and coming player who's probably going to go on and win things like world championships or be world world number one. But she is. Tremendously fair player, plays in the perfect spirit. Um, I'm sure Sarah Jane would have agreed that their match was extremely fair all the way through. Um, so I, I don't think the, the age thing is a particularly good excuse because there's been plenty of players over the years that have burst onto the scene like us Sal at a young age and still managed to keep their composure and play the game in the right way.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean... Again, I'm not defending it, but everyone's different than everyone's maturity level. I mean, I've only just hit my 20s in my maturity level. (laughs) 21. (laughs) Nola's catching up to you. She is. Oh, (laughs) big time, fast. 18
0: months going on seven. (laughs) How How do you guys want to make our predictions this time? Oh, well, first, before we get into
1: predictions, fellas. You guys are going to be jacked by Christmas. You're all the press-ups you guys are doing.
2: (laughs) Before we, I mean, didn't I win the women's prediction competition overall? Uh, Pretty sure sure I did.
1: Oh, actually, you did. (laughs) (laughs) I think you did did more push-ups though.
2: Um, No, it's just that any amount of push-ups is too many for me. Oh, that's true, yeah. Oh, I gosh. think I did I think I did half the amount of push ups as you guys did. It's just that those half cost me way more.
0: shout out Amanda Sobey who uh sent me an apology text for um for, for not for your extra push ups. Yeah, for <laughs> extra push ups. That was that was very nice for I think one of our one of our biggest listeners. Uh legend. Yeah, legend and guest. She,
1: she had another great week last week. Uh, sorry, we already talked about that. a great performance against uh, Hanya in the semis. So close. Could yeah. have, like if, I would have loved to have seen her sneak one of those games and see what a fourth would have brought. Maybe a fifth. Who knows?
2: There was a, there was a lot of positives for Amanda to take from that match. Just and she was hitting the ball better than I'd seen. She looked sharper. Um, she looked fitter. Another random stat that I managed to dig up was that that was la- Amanda's longest three 0 match of her entire career, win or lose. Um, I think it was 39 minutes and I went through her entire record and I couldn't find any other three love matches that lasted 39 minutes. I mean, some of her four game matches and even one or two of her five game matches were shorter than 39 minutes. Um, and I think that's obviously partly because of um, Hanya's athleticism and the number of balls she gets back. But I think it was also Amanda's willingness to engage in that sort of thing and not, not play too risky or she was happy to rally with Hanya, and she seemed a lot more patient than I've seen her in some matches in the past, particularly recently.
1: Quite the stat. You're, you're like a uh, Stuart Google Crawford.
2: Yeah, some, some people might say I've got too much time on my hands, but they'd, they'd be right. <laughs> might have to call, start calling you CFAX. fax <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you want to make predictions for the event?
0: I might throw out a hot a hot prediction here. Let's go. I've picked Alley to win every single event this year. Wouldn't be surprised if he wins another. But I'm gonna go off track here. I think Paul is gonna revenge his loss here. Ooh. And take out Asal, the cheetah, as Stuart likes to call him. And I the think cap. he's gonna I think he's gonna get through. I think he's due. I think he's gonna get through. And I think his good buddy the Puma is going to make it through the bottom side. Set up a nice, a nice uh, Diego versus Paul final, which I think the people would love to see. That's people the pe- that's the people's that. that's the people's prediction. People's choice. I'm throwing that out for the people's. Yeah, <laughs> that's bold.
1: I have... Hats off. I'm going to say Gowad Paul Cole final.
2: Yeah, I. I always hesitate to back Gawad until I've seen him play at least one match, because um, <laughs> he can be so up and down. Um, but I, you can make your prediction tomorrow if you want. <laughs> I do think I think for the Paul's cost gonna,
1: of ten push-ups.
2: Yeah, I do think Paul is going to gain his revenge on Asal. Maybe just because I'll be certainly watching and hoping for that result. Um, but I think Ali's going to come through in the top half and geez, the bottom half is pretty wide open I mean Diego is a good shout but he obviously has to get through Gauthier first which is not going to be easy Um, I'd love to know how their practice matches have been going because I think they've been training together for the last three months in Prague Um, but I'm going to take Gawad, it's been a couple of tournaments since he was at his best so he's usually pretty good at turning it on after a little break
1: Black blackball is his turf.
2: Yeah, very true. I hadn't even thought of that, but that's another reason I'm going to steal. (laughs) Yeah.
1: All right, well, there we go. Thanks again to Sarah-Jane Perry for coming on, fresh after her incredible week in Cairo. Fellas, legends, happy days. Cheers. Cheers,
0: cheers.